Welcome back to the Mental Health Commute with Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. And we have decided to do a parenting series. The first topic will be just a general overview discussing these. We are going to discuss social media in children and adolescents. So that is a very broad topic. You know, we're talking about laptops, cell phones, smartphones, really screen time. And in the old days, we would talk about just TV screen time. But now it is much different from when I was growing up when we had three channels on the TV. You had a landline phone and that's all that was around. Matt, have much more experience in this area. I have questions, but you actually grew up in part of this. Yeah, I'm one of the unique ones where I don't have Instagram. I barely use Facebook. Our other brother totally got rid of Facebook. He doesn't exist on the internet anymore, I don't think. <laughs> Not as uh, engaged in it as my generation is. Definitely been more exposed to it and, and seen how it's impacted people. And now it's a discussion in our families. We're starting to have kids and what our concerns are and how it's going to be rolled out in that scenario. You are an adult now, but just thinking about that because you're also a parent. You have a very young one. We know that kids do not have to be very old before they start having phones in their hand. In fact, I've seen her sort of put her finger across your screen or uh, your wife's screen. Oh, yeah. She now associates that we're supposed to have our phones. So if we leave our phones somewhere, she goes and finds it and brings it back to hand it to us like we're not supposed to be separated from this thing. So she's already associated that the phone is a necessity in in her eyes that you're not supposed to leave behind. That's really interesting. We know that kids learn from their parents, right? We were discussing this this morning, so I will bring a little bit about my cat stories into this. We had the cats show up this morning. I walked out into the kitchen, I looked out on the deck, and there's two of the kitties. Mommy has been coming up every night to eat. You know, your mom and I discussed is what they're going to associate us with is food. Because when they come up, we give them food, we take the food away when we leave. So your child is associating with you always having a cell phone. Wouldn't it be somewhat natural as she grows up that you're just supposed to have that? I think it's definitely an interesting dynamic and probably will become like cars, right? Well, when you're an adult, you get these things. So it's how fast can I get those things because that's what I'm supposed to have as a functional human being. So the faster I can get a phone, a phone is like a gateway now to maturity and recognition that uh, someone's becoming a a person. (laughs) Now, this is another interesting sideline that we can associate here. So you talked about getting a car as a 16-year-old, 15, 16-year-old. That's pretty common for, you know, parents, they they would love their teenager to have some, a little bit of independence getting to school so they don't have to drive them every day, right? So do they usually go out and buy them the very best car? Typically, no. (laughs) They like to have a safe car, right? That's cheap insurance. Or you can go have your midlife crisis and buy you the new fancy car, and you just hand down (laughs) your old car, and that's your excuse to splurge on yourself. Yeah, but it's usually an older car, right? Yeah. One is the question, which I often get in treatment, is when should we get our child a cell phone, smartphone, And how much screen time should we give on things? It's very interesting because right now, people really associate a cell phone. I mean, everybody gets a smartphone, right? Right. So it's connected to social media. You don't have to do that. No, there are phones that are specifically designed. They're like emergency phones. You program them with a few numbers. That's all they can access. Probably no texting on them. 
and it's purely a, you hit a button and it dials a preset number and that's all it can do. Yeah. So when I walk around the office, I have this, what we call a house phone. It's a phone that anybody in the office can get a hold of me, but it looks like one of the really old cell phones, but it just has a screen. But the only thing you can do on it is call a number. It has no access to the internet to get on to social media or anything. Those types of phones do exist out there that you can put a lot of parental controls on so that your child is able to get in touch with you or you can pre-program it with certain numbers. You can actually track the usage of it. You start thinking of it as an adult sometimes as, oh, this is what I have and this is what my child wants, so that's the only option. But there's a wider range of options if you go down to it. They might not be at your local cell phone store, right? I think those are becoming a little bit more popular, but I think what I'm seeing out there is more of what it means if I don't give my kid a cell phone. If I'm your child, I'm going to be pretty upset with you because all my friends, come on now, dad, Johnny down the street, Mary has one. How do you think I'm going to communicate with these people? They all text each other. I am completely out of the loop. They don't use that landline. You know, most of a lot of the households don't even have a landline anymore. And now as a parent, I'm going to tell your friends to text my phone. Or I have to give you my phone now if you're going to talk to you. So I have to go without my phone? How often do I want to go without my phone so you can be on there talking? And that's probably not very smart to have friends texting your phone, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Probably partially that, right? If you don't have a landline in your house, as a parent, you're giving up your phone. And if you have a built-in need to be attached to your phone a lot, you start looking for reasons to give your kid a phone. With it becoming younger and younger, it's somewhat of a, a social circle. Right? When I was growing up, it was, what brand of clothes are you wearing? If you don't have the brand, you're on the outside. We worry about, well, if we give our kids a phone, now the bully have access to them. But if we don't give them a phone, we're giving them a reason to be bullied. We're in all these double-edged swords and really no set answer, right? Right, but you do have levels. Are we going to get to social media? So yes, we are. You know, the first level, we talked about having a number on the phone, but texting is the way to easily get access to people, right? If you do give your child a phone when you do, that is a feature that is easily used among all the kids out there. I think it's commonplace now where people are starting to prefer texting to phone calls or in-person discussions, especially if you're not together. Yes, so what are some of the dangers around texting that parents might or should really have a discussion with their their child before handing over the phone. Because as growing up, and this happens as adults too, but is more common in children and adolescents is they have emotions. And their emotions, they get upset, they might be sad, and a thought comes into their mind and they immediately want to respond on a text, right? Right. And so that text goes, sort of can follow them. If they say, something that's not nice to the other person or something that maybe would best not be said in a text format. How do you deal with that? And I think kids are becoming more aware of it because it's now so publicized, right? It seems like every year when the the drafts roll around for sports, there's some kid who, hey, when they were 15, did you know what they put in a text message or Instagram post? And you don't have a chance to be a kid anymore and and make those mistakes because they're forever documented. Right, Even if you delete them, someone saved it for some reason for years just to bring up later. Yeah, I think there is obviously some teaching that needs to happen with that, but I also think kids are becoming more 
Savvy. Savvy. Just knowing that it's a potential future issue. But you also have to take account the age of the kid, right? If they're a six-year-old, they're not going to care what you're <laughs> saying about what happens when they're 25 right. or 30. Yeah, probably it's more the high school age that are aware that, hey, these things could be affecting my future. If you're talking younger than that, then playing with fire to some degree. That's also why a lot of those websites, they're not supposed to be accessing them at that age if you're there following the terms and conditions. Correct. Yeah. Sort of like the ratings for going to movies, right? Right. PG-13, R, you're not right. supposed to go in without an adult, but people still do. <laughs> yeah, we know those things happen. It is good to put some structure around that. You know, I think the next thing we talked about, whether it's talking about your cell phone, smartphone, when you have access, one big thing question I get about is when do you put it away? Do you allow them to go to bed with it? Put it in their room when it's bedtime. You know, it's very difficult once you have it around you, you know, it sort of lights up. You can really interfere with somebody's sleep quite a bit. And kids tend to, oh, the parents are asleep. <laughs> now we can wake up and we can all sort of start texting each other, right? For me, that's not a cell phone issue. When I was a kid, parents would go to sleep. I'd just go get the landline and start calling people. Mm-hmm. Or computers at the time, AIM came out and everybody was sneaking back out on the computers to message each other. I don't think it's as much as if I give my kid a cell phone, is this going to happen? If they have that desire and they want to do that and you have any ability in your house for that to happen, they're probably going to find a way to to sneak around and do it. Okay, well, here's where I'm going to make it. This is really important for you as a parent growing up and for other folks. There's a difference between you as an adolescent sneaking around because it is very common for adolescents to push the envelope. I mean, they're going to push the envelope. But I don't need to open the envelope, so then you even have to push it further so that you're getting away with something. I'd rather, okay, I know you're going to get up during the night and do stuff, but I'm going to tell you you're not having access to it. So I have put a boundary there because I know you're always going to push it. You know, a lot of adolescents, that's just part of being an adolescent, you know, pushing that boundary a little bit. So I need to think about where do I put that boundary so when they push it, they're still in a safety range. This is probably a whole nother discussion because I know me and my wife have this discussion all the time of where does the boundary line get set? Yeah. Because <laughs> you do know that it's going to get broken, right? And a lot of that comes into the those decisions, but that that's a hard one to cover right now. Okay, we're going to have episode two of this because we're just getting into the screen time and the whole social media thing. We're sort of taking this in step. We'll go another episode with this. Thank you for joining us on the Mental Health Commute.